Hey, this is James Gunn. You're listening to Mad Scientist Party Hour. Is that right? Welcome back to another episode of Mad Scientist Party Hour. My name's Kevin Kraft, joined as always by a man who has absolutely no pants or underwear on and is vigorously rubbing his boner, trying to get a genie to pop out of it. That's Jeff Clark. I'll grant you guys all your wishes. And transmitting to us from the bottom of a bong, the bearded resin booger eating burnout known as Shuddy Boy. Yo. Brat, brat. So we started the year off with a D&D episode. Thank you everybody for the kind words. I'm glad everybody enjoyed that. And now it is time to get back to business. A, a tried and true old school format of MSPH where we just talk about poop and butts and movies and farts and, you know, all the stupid things that have happened to us. Standard MSPH fare. Yep. Here comes your comfort blanket. <laughs> your poop-covered comfort blanket. So is Amazon not delivering to you currently, Jeff? Is that why you haven't replaced the dongle for your actual microphone? What happened? You- no. What do you mean? Can Does my see- microphone not sound good? Can you see Jeff's dongle? No, I thought you were using the laptop mic. No, I'm using the mic my brother bought me for for Christmas. Oh. But do I sound okay? You sound fine. I just don't see the microphone, that's all. Yeah, it's it's small and diminutive. That's what it looks like. It's an Elgato mic. My brother uses it for, like, streaming video games, and he swears by it. He knows more about this shit than I do. And if I'm coming in loud and clear, it appears as though he was right. That thing looks like uh, an old cordless phone with an iPhone on top of it being used as a magnifying glass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It looks kind of goofy, but I, I kind of like it. And I like that it's not in the way. That's all. I just thought you weren't using an actual microphone. That was. Yeah. It's tucked away, dude. It's pretty what's sweet. That, what's that in the back corner? Is that your yoga mat? No, it's my foam roller. Your foam roller. You know what a foam roller is? Do you like lay on your side and and roll out your sore muscles with that thing? Yeah. You lay on your side like one of the French girls? Uh, Kind of, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways that you can use it uh, against your muscles. Mostly he sticks it in his ass. (laughs) But, yeah, I use it. I, I don't use it as much as I should, but, yeah, it's definitely part of my routine. How long have you been using a foam roller? And can you film yourself doing it and put it on Patreon? Maybe. Uh, I don't know, like 10 years. I'm forever. Really? Yeah. They're pretty, like, standard. If you work out, like, more than three or four days a week, which I don't even do that anymore, but I used to. And, I don't know, they're pretty standard. They're, They're, like... They're good for stretching, good for, I think they call it myofascia release. I don't know. I hope you're Google on that, Shuddy. But I'm not. What, 
I'm trying to do is deciding where to have the zoom because as I'm looking at you while you're talking, I wasn't looking at the actual screen. Gotcha. Yeah, I've been rocking the foam roller for yeah, like probably ten years now. So do you get all sides like you you tenderize yourself like a like a side of beef? Like you lay on one side and roll up and down on it, kind of like a, a bear scratching his back on a tree, and then you roll on your other side. And then you get your back, and then you get your front. Do you do that? Yeah. Like, I'll sit on it long ways, so it's, like, running down my spine. And I'll just kind of, like, I don't know, like, almost nod or rock back and forth, but not too, like, drastically because I would fall off the, the, <laughs> the foam roller. And then I lay it the wide way, and then I'll go up and down on my back. Why don't you just tilt the camera down and just show us and explain it? Explain it while you do it. It'll be a lot easier for us to visualize. (laughs) I'll put that on Patreon eventually. But have you ever like um, had that thing squeeze you like a tube of toothpaste and then a whole burrito shoots out of your ass? (laughs) No, but that's that's the one concern or one of the few concerns that I have about posting (laughs) this to Patreon is I would probably look like shit and fart. Yeah, well, oh, it's like, just like all my fatness is being pressed. Oh, a peanut. <laughs> Sounds like a new tier. Well, I got to say, I yeah. have been really enjoying your content of late on Patreon, Jeff. Your um, your most recent snack attack, uh, the one where you had Trader Joe's buffalo, what were they, croissant buffalo cheese bites? Buffalo chicken poppers with like spicy cheese. It burned the shit out of me. Well, I saw that and I laughed so hard. I had to pull the audio of it and just just share this a little bit with the people that aren't behind the paywall because God damn it. What a magical MSPH moment this was. So <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, if you if you've never been on our Patreon, Jeff does a video a uh, series on the on the ten dollar tier called Snack Attack, where he reviews all different sorts of treats, different flavors of ice cream, candy, limited edition stuff, um, you know, limited edition sandwiches from fast food places, random snacks from Trader Joe's, and this one was the aforementioned buffalo buffalo chicken poppers. And Jeff is also notoriously known. Our friend Ginger and Juice pointed this out to me. For waiting until your hot food is ice cold room temperature and then you eat it, which is gross. And this time you decided to just dive right in and you burn the fuck out of yourself. Before before I pile onto the shit giving of Jeff for that, I found myself doing that very thing in the not too distant past. What, eating cold fast food? Yep. Went to Wendy's drive-thru, got their big bacon cheddar, came home, smoked a bowl, farted around a little bit, and then finally 15 or 20 minutes later after getting home, I sat down to eat my food, and I was like, well, this is underwhelming. Cold Wendy's bacon. You guys are a fucking couple of hyenas. I mean, getting high and getting blitz before you eat it kind of like makes up for that. Why don't you just get high and then order the food and eat it? You'll still be high. Oh, I don't like to drive impaired. I was yes, not high do. as I would as I was hoping to be. Oh. 
Right. That's part of my situation usually as well. Cause I, I would like to be higher when I'm eating my fast food. Well, here's, here's a little clip of, of Jeff enjoying some Buffalo chicken poppers. A first bite, granted I took a, a corner chunk out of it, but it's all crispy phyllo. It's, it's like almost like little croissants. There's was no buffalo chicken uh, mixture, spicy cheese mixture in the first bite. So that's a bit disappointing, but I did kind of take a, a pussy bite to avoid getting burned. Hopefully my strategy pays off. I don't know. Ow! Oh. All right, so just as I feared, the, <laughs> the buffalo spicy cheese filling squirted out and just fucking burned the shit out of my mouth. That sucked, but tastes pretty good. Yeah. Ow. Ow! Ow! Okay. <laughs> that bite actually burned, uh, and I couldn't taste anything. So, we <laughs> blow it off a little bit. It's an easy edit too. I didn't. I didn't cut out anything. I just played through. <laughs> I like how you you just burn the shit out of your mouth, and you're like, "Oh, tastes pretty good, though." <laughs> Ow! Also, I do that all the fucking time. The I have a memory like a goldfish when it comes yeah. to hot food. The re- the reverse blow. Oh. When you've got the oh, hot yeah. food in your mouth and you're going. Yep. Yeah, while it's in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that, is an, that is really one of the classic all-time fat guy moves. Yeah. I sometimes will make a taco with my tongue and then try to hold the hot food amongst the edges so it's touching less surface of my tongue and then do the man yeah i uh, abandoned my one of my core principles which is getting really high and eating my food minutes after cooking it and no! i don't know i forget why specifically it was this time last week i think that i recorded this snack attack but i I don't know. I think I was in the middle of like working, watching sports. So I just had to get it done and get it going. And I just didn't have time to let the Buffalo chicken poppers cool down and <laughs> risk third degree burn on my mouth. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Sound like Joe Dirt there. Ow. 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 <laughs> fucking hurt dude it fucking hurt <laughs> that's the price you pay for buffalo chicken cheese greatness yeah you know? ow 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 <laughs> oh my god so good pretty much the highlight of my 2022 so far i mean i'm not gonna lie people that haven't signed up for the patreon yet and seen some of these snack attacks on the weekend, sometimes Rent Ran and I just fire them up and watch them. <laughs> That's and awesome. She just, like, we both just piss ourselves laughing. <laughs> Have you gotten her into Queef or No Queef yet? I don't think she knows that exists. Right. Well, yeah. The oh. branding probably isn't so very. That means that Kevin friendly. hasn't told her it exists. Oh, actually, no. She knows the show exists, she doesn't <laughs> know the name of it. 
You just say deal or deal, no deal watch along. Yes. Oh, it's our, our we're doing our deal or no deal show. That's you, actually uh, that's how I refer to it when I tell Sharon or any member any of the kids that we're recording. Yeah, I don't I don't, don't need to get yelled at. I don't use queef or no queef. <laughs> I said it to Sharon once and she's like, "Oh, that's a awful name." <laughs> or no, she didn't like she felt that way about supermarket queefs. So I just assumed that the same would carry over for queef or no queef. Oh yeah, cuz that title says queef twice. <laughs> so I yell I yell queef or no queef at the top of my lungs. I'm I was just, actually I'm just very happy that we're not yelling supermarket queefs at the top of our lungs anymore <laughs> at the end of it each episode. We kind of <laughs> Yeah, it what do we do? By. What do we do? 50 episodes of that? And now we're yeah before they pulled the rug out. Yep. Now we're ten episodes deep on Deal or No Deal. It's a fucking it's a party over on Patreon. So check it out. Start. Hey, it's a good time to sign up. It's the new year. Dom and gonna... I, this coming weekend, while we're talking about Patreon, uh, we are going to be filming, not filming, recording a new episode of What the Fuck Did I Just Watch Sunday before the Eagles Buccaneers playoff game. And before Dom film. gets tapped out by another hot dog. No, we're watching at my house. I am going to <laughs> no hot dogs. Well. I don't know. For New Year's Eve, we got these Hebrew national pigs in a blanket that were fucking top notch. That could be a good playoff <laughs> football finger food. I should do that just to troll Dom. You should. Yeah. Just present him with no buns, just a giant plate of cooked hot dogs. Just eight, eight different hot dogs served eight ways. <laughs> <laughs> all, all little hot dog based canapes. Um, what we're doing, the reason that this all, we're going to be, uh, doing, uh, barbed wire. Wow. Oh, the Pamela Anderson movie, the Pamela Anderson film. Does she show her boobies in that? She does. Not as much as you would think, but I do remember the only time I've ever seen that I did fast forward to the booby scenes so I could jerk my little wee wee. The only I, I've seen it once, and the only thing I remember from it is the stripper scene where she's like on the swing stripping. Well, I'm that's a that's going to be a solid one. I'm guessing Dom has that in his Blu-ray collection, and that's how you'll be watching it. I'm looking up Pam Anderson now. I wonder what she's been up to. Fifty-four. Huh. I tell you what, she. Be- I'm sure she still looks better than I do at 39. Married to a uh, Dan Highhurst, apparently. Cool. Whatever. Fuck Dan. He sounds like a jerk off. Yeah, he small penis. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a minute since we've all connected and done a show like this. Um, I don't know. Our Christmases were. I'd say wildly different from each other. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All over the spectrums, really. Yeah. I had just gotten over COVID and had to change my, my plans to fly on Christmas Day, which, man, flying on Christmas Day is fucking weird. I, I don't think that's anything I ever want to do again. Weird how? Weird as how busy it was or weird as how not busy it was? No, it actually wasn't that busy. And... So get this, fucking, so I've had TSA pre-check for a few years now, 
And, you know, I, I travel a lot for, for work and to see my family. So it just made sense to, to get it. My, my credit card just like covers it for you. So it's, it's the sickest thing in the world. If you travel, TSA pre-check, fucking rules. You just, you go right through. You don't have to take your, like any of your shit off. You don't have to take your, your sweatshirt off, your shoes. You just sail right through it and you breeze past security in like five minutes tops. JetBlue, for some reason, kept nuking my, uh, my TSA pre-check. I had all my shit entered. I like unchecked in, rechecked in, could not get it. And, uh, you know, luckily with, you know, all the flight cancellations, my initial flight did get canceled. They were canceling like 2,500 flights per day. And I managed to just, the second I got the notification that my flight got canceled, immediately just booked a new one. And thank God that one held. And I think since it's Christmas Day and so many flights were canceled, regular TSA was also a breeze. So I got through that pretty quick, thank God. But um, it turns out these motherfuckers, for some reason, changed my middle name to Jetter. J-E-T-T-E-R. Jetter. Who did? JetBlue did. Oh, when... So you typed it in wrong. Got it. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. They. I've ha- I've been using JetBlue. I go back and forth mostly between JetBlue and United, and my all my info is saved in there, so it just automatically goes through. This time, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So that's so why I, the pre-check didn't work because it wasn't mat. Your middle name wasn't matching. Yeah. So I told this story they, while I was in Florida, and my aunt's boyfriend's daughter said the same thing happened to her. They changed her middle name. To Miss Miss. Miss Miss. I don't know why they changed your middle name of Kyle to Jetter. It's How not fucking dare you. It's Letter Family. It's Kyle with a C. <laughs> God, your mom really missed a golden opportunity. Are you guys hearing a buzz at all? God damn it. No. No. Maybe Jetter is just like what they use to describe passengers in JetBlue. I know, but I couldn't. And then, you know, everybody's everybody's fucking, uh, you know, flights are getting canceled. So I tried to call them because they're, the only way to change your name on your profile is to call them. You can't do it online. Or, yeah, good luck. I know. And every time I called, it was like, your wait time is five hours. Like, oh, fucking eat my butt. But I also got cursed with... One of the most annoying things that can happen to you when you're flying. Children? Somehow worse. So since I had to last minute change my flight, when I went in to pick my seat, most of everything was full. There were only like a couple of seats left. So I had to pick a middle seat on this row. And when I got got there and took my seat, it turns out I was sitting in between a couple. They intentionally bought and picked the aisle seat and the window seat. So neither of them had to sit in the middle. And these motherfuckers brought a picnic basket like their Yogi fucking bear and had like eight days of groceries in there. And they ate it all. And they were passing it back and forth. I'm watching a movie on my iPad and fucking guys going to like hand a soggy dripping sandwich to his wife and he just has his arm across my face. And she's not paying attention and he just leaves Why it there. Why didn't you ask them to switch or have the flight attendant make them switch. I don't think you can force people into seats that they didn't buy. You absolutely, if they're encroaching on you, you can absolutely do something about that. Huh? 
Did you not even like ask they, them if they wanted to sit next to each other? No, like, because did you bring they, it up like politely. No, I mean you can tell they they had picked those seats before I even checked in. Yeah, they they picked those seats hoping that nobody would pick that middle seat and it would be empty, and then the picnic basket could go no, in between them. And this has happened to me in the past. People don't like the middle seat, so they intentionally leave that open. And I've sat. It's happened to me like two times, two or three times before. And they'll they'll fucking talk to each other with me in the middle, and I wanted to just like like every time they were passing food back and forth, just be like, <coughs> coughing their shit, snatch it, fucking scumbag. It's, en- it's entering your airspace. This honestly, I'm not really reacting, but I'm like my blood is boiling over this. I would be so mad if so I were you. I, I would like been. you. You didn't even did you even ask them like yeah do you guys want to sit next to each other like. No, because I've done it before in the past, and they're like, "No, no, no, we pick these seats." That's like I that's the thing people that, do. That's yeah, weird. And then you would say, do. "Okay, well, uh, you need to stop passing your shit over my stuff." Yeah, yeah like, I know. I, you know, I, I, I tend to be a very non-confrontational person, and with all these like plane Karens that have been in the news lately, the fucking I've never seen this happen. The pilot of the plane before we backed away from the gate stood at the front of the plane and addressed everybody and was like, first, first off, Merry Christmas. Um, we all know the news. Um, COVID spreading like crazy. Lots of flights have been canceled. My crew is overworked. And you've all seen the videos on the internet of people misbehaving and acting out and causing big trouble on the planes. That's not going to happen this flight. It's Christmas. We're going to have a safe flight. You all check the little box when you bought the ticket, that you agreed to wear a mask. So wear your mask and don't give my flight attendants any trouble. And we will get, I'll get you where you're going on Christmas, like easy peasy. And everybody just like started clapping and shit. And I'm thinking to myself, once these two assholes start passing stuff back and forth, I'm like, man, if I say something, I'm going to say it in a very mean manner and it's going to start some shit. So I fucking, I, I bit my tongue. I'm a coward. So, uh, I'm a coward. I have no dick. I'm penisless. <laughs> You're a fucking eunuch. Yeah. That's who you are. You're a fucking eunuch. I'm a plain food cuck. Fuck me. Yeah. Pissed I, off all over I've again. been in a similar situation, and I've gotten to, like, the aisle that I'm sitting at, and I've seen, like, a couple with the middle seat, and they're, just like Shuddy is explaining, they're hoping no one takes it. They're hoping like someone sees it and like they just continue to go and hope that they find a seat down there or they get to the end and realize they're not going to get a seat. So they'll just take a middle seat at the end. I get it. Makes sense. But like usually when that happens, like I've been like, hey, can you can I sit right here? And, you you know, you you guys sit next to each other. And they've like, I've never been turned down. I've probably done this like twice. Not not that many times. But I, I it just baffles me that you don't even ask because of your previous situations like you at least ask and get turned down like i don't know how you don't even ask because how long was the flight it had to be at least three and a half hours right i mean are you did you straight shot from california to florida so it's so six hours it was six hours no it's like four four and a half so these guys are just passing food and fucking yeah their little mini Christmas dinner over your over over your lap the Dude, entire time. They had fresh produce. These motherfuckers Jesus were peeling oranges. Christ. 
you should have definitely gotten in on that little meal. Yeah, just as they're passing it, just pull my mask down and take a bite. For sure. Yeah, tax for your using your airspace. Yeah. It's just incredible just how big of like assholes people can be. And just like such oblivious, like just douchebags. There's people listening to this podcast, people Puminati, who I probably love, who've behaved in such a manner somehow, and it just goes over their head. <laughs> yeah. Let this be a public service announcement. If you do this, you are a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. Every time before you do something, think to yourself, would an idiot do this? And then yeah. you don't do that. Do you want <laughs> us to bring back Wedgie of the Week? <laughs> oh, sure. yeah. So, Jeff, we kind of covered it on last week's Patreon show, but you were you were sort of banged up for Christmas. Yeah, Cheech probably got COVID, and I most likely got it through Cheech. Um, to further explain that, uh, Cheech, <laughs> uh, Cheech started feeling sick, and then he, he figured it was COVID. I mean, COVID, everyone got COVID pretty much over Christmas, with the exception of Shuddy, I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but mostly everyone I know had got COVID or got sick, Cheech including. And he found out on Christmas Eve or Christmas, I think it was Christmas Eve after I'd gotten COVID, that three of his coworkers tested positive for COVID. So this wasn't an ideal situation. But when Cheech got sick, the first day he got sick, I like, I procrastinated on all my Christmas shopping, all the Christmas food shopping that I was going to do uh, up until like the Wednesday of that week. So Cheech got sick. I still had to go out and get Christmas dinner, go get Christmas gifts and all that stuff. So I did. Um, I felt fine. Came back later that day. Cheech was like, yeah, a couple coworkers tested positive. I probably have it. But when I was out Christmas shopping, I went to Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid, all looking for home COVID tests, and every place was sold out. Like, oh, yeah. That's pretty much par for the course everywhere, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I saw, this is random, but I saw, like, people on Twitter posting, like, posting pictures of, like, local bodegas in New York City having, like, you can get, like, a bagel and a, a COVID test. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of crazy. Um but yeah, like no, there were no COVID tests available. There still aren't really COVID tests available. Cheech has to get a negative COVID test before he goes back to work. He got an appointment for a COVID test this past weekend. He's, I guess it's like a two or three day waiting period. And he's still waiting on it. And like, Fuck. I'm kind of, I'm kind of basing my situation off of him. Well, not even, not really. I, I kind of got back out and running, so. Even Whatever. after his quarantine period, he needs a negative COVID test. I guess yeah, yeah. That's, that's weird because I was told, you know, you can once you're done, once your 10 days are passed, you can still keep testing positive for COVID, but you're not contagious anymore. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not like a state law or I don't even think it's a CDC. It's not a CDC recommendation, but his boss is like, yeah, I got to get to come here with a negative COVID test. So damn cutthroat yeah yeah so like our christmas was fucking ruined you know we have paul down every christmas he didn't he didn't make it this year because of this obviously but you know we just chilled watch football watch sports we had to cancel going to see matrix revolutions i think it's called that was going to be our our christmas theater 
or a movie theater Christmas movie. Um, ended up abandoning that plan and just chilling. I don't even remember what we ate. Goulash. Um, Christmas goulash. No, no, I don't. I don't remember what it was, but it was the most uneventful Christmas. Felt really bad for Bill because we dragged his Christmas into the dumps and he didn't even have any symptoms, wasn't sick at all. So he just had to ride out in, the, in a sick house with us. Well, at least you guys yeah. at least you guys all live together, so you got to do Christmas with some family. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely the benefit of my situation. And Shuddy, for your Christmas, you got the gift of turning forty. Yeah. Yep. Man, how fucking crazy is it? We started this podcast in our 20s, and you are now officially in your 40s. I, it's obscene. It's, I, I don't like it. Does your pubic hair have any grays in it yet? No. Nope, get black. I think. I don't, I'll have to check. Karen! Jeez. Uh, yeah, we, I, we had all the kids were over Christmas Eve night we did Christmas morning with them. Then my parents and aunt came over for my birthday and Christmas dinner. Uh, I cooked, a a banging prime rib roast. Oh, dang. Which, <laughs> which there was a little bit of an incident at the butcher that I almost had a complete Kevin Kraft no balls, no confrontation moment uh, because I pre-ordered the prime rib roast from the butcher and went up to the counter, gave him my name and he came out and he goes, okay, $265. And I just handed him my credit card. And as he turned to walk away, Sharon goes, whoa, 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 how much? And yeah, is there is there a Nintendo that, Switch inside that that rib roast? Uh, they had given us a fifteen pound roast instead of a five pound roast, uh, and I didn't even que- want to question it. I just was like, "Oh, that's I guess how much it is." Yeah, it's okay. We'll have a meat surplus. <laughs> well, so they, ended up, they ended up having to cut a chunk of it off, but. The only reason I told that story was because I was blindly going to pay for it without questioning why it was three times more than I had budgeted and anticipated it being. Did you go high? Like, how did that happen? What do you mean? Like, like how were you, were you super, super? Why did you chicken out on being like, "Whoa, wait a second! I actually thought this was gonna be seventy bucks, and you're saying two ninety or whatever it was." I because I was. Definitely thinking like, well, I must have gotten the pricing wrong in uh, in my head, the math wrong in my head. I don't, I don't know. Well, thank God you have a better half. Yeah, thank God. If I would have come home, yeah, with like a, with a, a Fred Fred Flintstone slab of beef, it was like this fucking big. <laughs> yeah. It was gigantic. Five pounds was too much. Was more than enough for everybody we had over. 15 pounds, it would have taken like six hours to cook. It would have been ridiculous. Um, and then we watched the Matrix movie, Christmas Night. 
Yeah, I think I did. I think. Wait, what did that come out Christmas Eve? Yes. That sounds right, right? Because Christmas yeah, Eve would have been a Friday. Friday. Yeah. Hold on, I can I can consult my my letterbox D. The D stands for dicks. Um, <laughs> and see what day no. I actually logged that. Let us never forget the D stands for dicks. Oh no, it was the twenty second. It came out on the twenty second, so that's the day I watched it. And yeah, we have to get into that and quite a few other movie reviews in a moment because. We are backlogged. Yeah, I know. That's pretty much... I was planning that to be like the meat of the podcast. I have like five different things to review. Yeah, so we have I. like a shuddy boy rib roast worth of reviews to get to. <laughs> sure. So, Shuddy, did you get anything cool for Christmas slash your 40th birthday? I see you have... Is that a one of those science orbs behind you with electricity flowing through it? It is. That's cool. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's like a gnarly snow globe. Yeah. Electric snow globe. It's got the He-Man power sword inside. Oh, I just it unplugged. No, I turned it off so oh. you could see the Oh man, that is dope. That man. kicks ass. Whoa. That is pretty sick. Fuck yeah. Oh man, I love that, those things. That's the so, coolest thing you have. I had it up on, on there last week and I had I got this from my sister for Christmas, but I get a text message from Dom that said, see, you have the, the plasma ball. I thought for sure I found something that you didn't have already and got it for you for Christmas. Oh, now I can put, I can double hand the plasma ball. I did tell him I did not mind. I was not upset at the thought of having two of them. No way. I would like to have 50 of those things. Just your whole apartment's illuminated with plasma balls. Yeah. I mean, I loved that shit when I was a kid. Like all those plasma ball things that I've people had. I've never had one of those before. So yeah, I'm real I'm real stoked about it. Oh yeah. That's um, that's a great shuddy boy day. Just hitting that volcano bag and playing with your fucking He Man plasma ball. Sharon uh outdid herself again with my birthday slash Christmas present. Uh there's a pair of Nike skateboard dunks that are colloquially known as the Skeletors. They're uh, the the main suede of the shoe is like a, a teal, and then the swoosh and the accents are purple with black, and they are they are they're like they were things that even before I was into got back into He-Man, I wanted them because I loved the colorway. And they are one of those stupid, expensive sneakers. So are those sneakers that you wear or you keep in your closet and just admire them? Well, because a new pair will run you about thirteen to $1,500. Go! Oh! Um, oh, my God. Thankfully. Thankfully. Oh, God! Thankfully, Sharon got me a previously loved pair. So, and they only cost eleven wet trillion. <laughs> so they're already the they're already beat up. So I do wear. I have worn them a few times because, you know, there's nothing that I can do to them that I'm going to be that stressed about. They're still, uh, they're still. Re- 
the most expensive sneaker I have. Does it freak you Even... out wearing sneakers that a stranger has worn? It's like a gross mm. bowling shoe. No, I don't think so. Did you spray any R.I.P. to John Madden tough acting tenactin inside of it to like sterilize things? Nope. Boom. Johnson to Johnson. Nope. I just immediately put them on my feet Christmas morning and then wore them all day through Christmas. Oh, dinner. I'm not even wearing socks. I'm going in. No, raw. I had socks on. Stop it. I'm, <laughs> I'm raw dogging these skeletors. I, I wear vans man. without socks sometimes. I do too. That's the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, so bad. that was. That was oh my parents got me a Vans gift card for my birthday because that I need another pair of sneakers, That's which cool. I don't. I have too many. Uh, but Just gonna get a pair of Heelys. Those were <laughs> some of the highlights. Nice. Oh, I had one other cool thing to talk about that happened over Christmas and still kind of happening actually on either Christmas Eve. Or the 23rd, my little cousin competed in the Dew Tour uh, Olympic qualifying event for the men's snowboarding halfpipe. No way. And he just competed in the Mammoth Mountain Olympic qualifier. There was three other Americans in the snowboard men halfpipe. And the other, it was him, this kid, I think Connor Foster, and the other one was Sean White. Whoa. And yeah, my little cousin's competing for the Olympics. He finished second out of the Americans, seventh in the qualifying heat. I don't think he did as well in the Dew Tour event, but it was fucking sick, dude. Like, it's crazy. They're like, they're talking about him. He's the youngest He's the youngest snowboarder on the team, and they keep just saying, like, every time he'd run, but, yep, this is the future of U.S. men's snowboarding. It's like, no fuck, shit. that is sick. Yeah, his name's Joey Okuson. He's He's my first cousin, my, my uncle's kid. Um, don't have that much of a relationship with him just cause we're like, you know, he's 18, I'm 35, you know, but like, I would, you know, go to his house every Christmas or Thanksgiving, like our family's connected for holidays. Like every time I'm in upstate New York, I I'll call his uncle or his father, my uncle, um, they live in Connecticut and like, we'll connect, but like, I can't like, I'm not like going to sit here and say like, yeah, we're like texting all the time, but like, I could definitely text him like. Whatever, yeah, get him, get him to hop him, in on uh, Pooh Team 6 with us. I mean, he's literally competing for the Olympics. I don't know if he has time for video games, but yeah, I mean, he could probably do I'm, I'm sure he'd be <laughs> down for something like that eventually when he's done, like, chasing his dreams. But it was just sick watching, like, professional snowboarders or, like, Olympic-caliber snowboarders and the commentators being like, yeah, Joey Okuson is the future of men's snowboarding halfpipe. It's like, fuck, that is wow. sick. That is yeah. sick. Yeah, we yeah. just this weekend we just got rent rent all geared up, ready to attempt snowboarding. Are you do you go to Mammoth? Is that the one you go to too? I've I've been to Mammoth. That's the one where I got sunburnt so bad snowboarding that I got sun poisoning and had like sun blisters up my nostrils. Fuck. Yeah. I guess it's one of the big courses, or they have like a huge half pipe there. So, oh yeah, I mean, Where? Mammoth lives up to its name. It is gigantic, and um, I think the, the it's it's a little bit more advanced. Like I can, I'm not that great at snowboarding. I can just go down the mountain. I can carve. I can't really hit jumps or anything, but I can go down the mountain without injuring myself or anybody else. 
Um, I've done like one or two black diamond trails in my whole life, and I made it through by the skin of my nuts. I, I'm Damn. I'm mostly comfortable on the fucking the blue trails. That's that's where my <laughs> rickety old awkward ass lives. Sick, dude. Yeah, this kid banged out a twelve sixty. It's like Fuck. I don't know. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's an animal. Yeah, good so, for him. Congrats. Shout out to him. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he can qualify. Maybe not if maybe if not this Olympics, I would assume he would be uh in the running for the next Olympics. And his little brother's fucking pretty pretty sick himself. So could get a couple Olympians in there. No bring shit. some gold to America, hopefully. And then we have Jeff, the cousin, getting tapped out by Buffalo Chicken Bombs. Ow! The snack sommelier getting third-degree fucking burns because of a Trader Joe's app. Yep. The athletic genes are, are, are strong in your family tree. Oh, he that kid knows I'll bust his ass in basketball. His father tried talking shit when we were when I was like 14. Uh, at one of my birthday parties and we went down the street and I lit his father at his father's <laughs> ass up too. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, let's start chipping away at these reviews. I oh, mean, yeah. the biggest one's got to be matrix resurrection matrix matrix erections. <laughs> I call it revolutions. Yeah. I think yeah. that was resurrections. I think it didn't sound right, but I didn't know a hundred percent that you were wrong, so that's why I did not. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any reason for me to remember the name of this movie. It probably was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. There was not a single. And granted, I'm I'm judging it. It's on a curve. I'm grading on a curve. I'm grading it against other Matrixes, or specifically the first one. But this was so fucking terrible, so disappointing. I'm so I'm I'm very very happy I didn't see it in the movie theater, especially on Christmas night. It would have probably ruined my Christmas. But what an absolute just bastardization of Ma- of the Matrix, and it just it's almost like I have the same feeling about the Matrix as I did after the final season of Game of Thrones, where it's just like you you ruin your entire fucking legacy. Perhaps I mean Matrix One is so great that I can't go that far. But there was never a point in this movie where I where I actually understood what was happening. Never. There was never <laughs> one time where I was like, okay, this is what's going on. I don't really I I don't I don't get Neil Patrick Harris's character, and he was in the final scene. I don't get the video game executive's character. Kevin, you probably will go back and was that, piece all the plot stuff together was for that me fake, or for um, the fake Tim Dillon you're talking about or the the recast Agent Smith. The recast Agent Smith. Okay, okay. Fake Tim Dillon. I know exactly what you're talking about. That character was annoying. Every character sucked. Every character was terrible. Okay, and so to to easily explain all of that without spoiling it is everybody's mind was wiped and put back into the Matrix. They just redesigned Agent Smith and he didn't know he was agent Smith at first. And I heard that they, the reason they recast him, like they did want to keep Hugo weaving in it, but I think he either had a contractual obligation that kept him from going, or there was some weird like COVID protocol and shit that he couldn't get through. 
Yeah, isn't he Australian? Don't they have like did they have different COVID shit going on over there? Something like that. I, I don't know, but I know I know they did want him and that it it couldn't it couldn't come together. And the the point like like recasting Morpheus, there could have been a right around. So I mean I'm it's been out for a while now. I feel like anybody who is truly itching to see this has seen it. So I don't know the the this matrix. I think at one point they reveal it takes place what like sixty years after the third one. I don't know. I, I missed that. Which yeah. is why I'll take her it, when they're when they're outside of the matrix and in the real world. What's her name? Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is just like an old lady. Yes, she is. That is Jada Pinkett Smith, and they, you know, put old lady prosthetics on her. And stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. But I mean, and I like the guy who they cast as Morpheus. Like, I like that actor. He was awesome in Watchmen. Um, Candyman. I didn't see that, but I've seen him in other stuff, and he's solid. I like that guy. But you can't... I don't care who you put in those shoes. That's fucking Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Find a right around to where Lawrence Fishburne still playing Morpheus makes sense. I don't care if he's put on some weight. Lawrence Fishburne is a fucking treasure. He is Morpheus. Nobody else should be playing him. They could have used the same right around. What, making him old? Like, uh, like Jada used... Pinkett Smith? No, they could have used the same right around for why Morpheus looked old and chubbier is because that's just how Neo was remembering him, which is how this guy was. Yeah, I mean, they then when he's not in the Matrix... He's just a fucking pile of marbles. He's just magnetic Nanites. marbles. Nanites. I don't know, man. I'm. I don't think I hated it as much as Jeff, but I was. I went into this preparing for disappointment, and I was still disappointed. There was. There was a cool. There was some cool action stuff, but like, what what the Matrix did in '99 with you know that the panning like characters freezing and the character pans and running up walls and dodging bullets all that stuff was revolutionary and it's been ripped off and parodied and done so so much now that people younger than us like people that didn't know life before and after the matrix are just like oh yeah this is just how action movies are but they there was nothing done to revolutionize anything it didn't even seem like there were any attempts to try and do something new with how far CG has gone and special effects have gone. It just seemed kind of mailed in. And from what I hear, you know, they were planning on, they're like, look, we are making a fourth Matrix movie. And I think they reached out to Lana Wachowski, and they're like, look, be a part of this or don't. And I think that's why some of the script had nods to... It was, it was, the movie was very, very meta. It broke the fourth wall a lot. And they made references to... Why can't people just leave properties alone and leave them be? Yeah. There was a lot of why do we have to make another one? Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. Honestly, it was it was awful. I did I not couldn't... enjoy it. I I actually did. I'm in a I'm in a zag on you guys. It wow. wasn't great, but it was just a nice it was a I, I mean other than having to pause it a couple of times and have a group discussion on about what we actually thought was happening (laughs) to try and figure out what the movie was about. Uh, 
overall, it was a fun movie to watch. Like the action scenes were absolutely good. Uh, it was a little, it's been so long since I've seen Keanu Reeves without facial hair that that was a little, that was jarring for that part, those parts of the movie. Yeah. I mean, the the Matrix, I've, I, I rewatched the trilogy last year. Um, before watching the new one, I, I rewatched the Animatrix, which I think is the second best, best Matrix movie. And if you've never seen it, it's on HBO Max, and it's fucking incredible. It's just a collection of short stories that take place in the Matrix world done by mostly Japanese animators. So, you know, people that worked on Cowboy Bebop and Eon Flux and Akira and, like, all these big-name projects worked on these own like, these little stories. And... There's there's one or two that are a little underwhelming, but they're still cool. But there's a two-parter that shows how the like humanity gets taken over by the robots, and it's fucking gnarly. It's so good. And if you have oh. HBO Max, it's it's well worth a shot. If you watch Matrix Resurrections and you hated it, like Jeff and I did, and you want to wash the taste out of your mouth and get some good Matrix content in, if you've never seen Animatrix. Fired up. It's it's awesome, but uh, Cheech didn't hate it as much as Bill. Bill actually walked out of the movie. Like he went to his room, was done. Like after <laughs> an hour, Cheech didn't hate it as much as us. But Shuddy, you're like the first person I've heard not really hate it. Like everyone I've talked to, um, well, only a few people really. Uh, Kevin's talked to the same people, but like they seem to let on that, that that it was terribly disappointing as well. I'm talking about I ginger think, and arts. I think my take on it is unique because the matrix was drilled into me because me and Dom, because of a friend that we hung out with who always wanted to watch it. And it was always like what was on in the background that why Dom gives always, it one dick. That's Yeah. So I've only seen the second Matrix once, and then I've never I've never seen the third. No way. And I never I've never seen the Animatrix. So before we watched Resurrections, we watched a YouTube synopsis of everything that happened leading up to the movie, <laughs> and that's how I got filled in on what happened in Part Three. You got the, the cliff Animatrix. notes. Um. So. While I we've watched the first Matrix recently and I enjoyed watching that again, that movie doesn't really hold a lot of nostalgia factor because it was just I was so over it by the time the year 2000 came along that it was not something that I held in high regard going into adulthood. Did you guys catch that there was a character in it called Seek? Yeah, uh, but but I think S E E K. Yeah, I missed that. That still got me doing that uh, that Leo meme from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's holding a beer, like pointing. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've seen Matrix the first one a million times. I watched the second one two or three times. I watched the third one once. Um, definitely, you know, wasn't beaten dead by the matrix. I could still watch that again or watch it a million more times. 
but this res- resurrection was just god awful. I, I I honestly can't I can't suck a single Keanu dick here. You're giving it zero. Yeah, I, I recommend no one watches it. I honestly, it was ter- <laughs> it was it was terrible. There was nothing redeeming about it. I was I was out after like 10 minutes like this is fucking terrible this is terrible yeah. i feel like the the nicest thing i can say about it is it's unnecessary i when i was 40 minutes in because like the whole thing it's like okay keanu like neo is now a video game programmer and he's super rich and successful because he created a video game called the matrix that was a massive hit and they keep talking about the matrix and i'm like okay well i know eventually action and stuff is going to happen so all right, I'm just biding my time until we get to it. And 40 minutes into the movie, I was still asking myself, I'm like, what is happening in this and why is this happening? Like, what is the point of this movie? What is anybody's goal? Yeah. I, I was I was completely, completely lost. It was just some, like, weird sorted out, like, I don't know, or just some weird, like, scrambled up, like, Love story between Trinity and Neo. Event like that's pretty much what it all. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm talking out of my ass at this point. I, I don't know what. I don't know what that movie is about. I still don't remember how Trinity was still alive after dying in the third one. Yeah, I even forgot that she died in the third one. Yeah, I mean, I mean like all that. I I think the gist of of the review can be summed up as like they didn't have Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, how much hope can you have for this movie at this exactly. point? Exactly. Yeah. Right. As, I mean, as like, much as I love Keanu, you can't you can't do the Matrix without the three of them. I mean, if I forgot Trinity died, if she died and they left her dead, okay, cool. That makes sense, right? But like story wise, having yeah, another Morpheus, how can you have old Keanu Reeves and not old Morpheus? Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I, it feels like these are easy questions or easy situations to figure out during like pre-production. Yeah. Like, well, what's happening? And I think he about, says he wasn't even approached about joining it. Yeah. Super, uh, to me, is offensive. Very offensive. At least we uh-huh. get to see Keanu and Lawrence Fishburne together in John Wick. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's turned out to be a way better franchise because The Matrix has just fucked up every movie since the first, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I actually like the second one, but I find that everyone else disagrees with me. So I mean, they I'm have their passionate. moments. Like after, like you know, having relatively freshly rewatched the trilogy, it definitely ends on a confusing, like, wah, wah, like, oh, really? That's that's how you want to end this trilogy? Just to fizzle out, but. There, there, there were redeemable moments in the second and third. There was still stuff where you're like, okay, yeah, that was cool. There's- the second one had sick, sick action. Like I'll, I'll defend that one's action scenes. Like the, that's the one where he fought like hundreds of Agent Smiths. Right? They kept multiplying. Yeah, yeah. fucking sick. That was. It's also the one with the, um, the accident on the back of the, with the tractor trailer. Where it like accordions and they fly through the yeah. air. Oh yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah. But I'm, I'm struggling uh, to think of any moments from now. I will. There, there were a couple of parts. I mean, fuck me because I can't. I can't give you the examples right now because that's how forgettable this movie was. But there were a couple of parts. I was like, all right, I guess that was kind of neat. 
Um, I I didn't hate it as much as Jeff. I, I guess I'll suck two out of five Matrix dicks, but oh man, I've heard you suck half or like give a hand job before, maybe one dick. I'm trying to think of which one, which movie it was. Was it Candy, the one that you killed the hardest? Candy. No. All right, never mind. <laughs> no, I kind of. I was like thinking. Candy. I'm. I'm trying to think of a movie. I thought it was a one. T- a one word. Obviously, I fucked up the word title of a movie that you gave like zero dicks to. Something that was just epically bad, and I can't remember. But like, I thought this one would belong in that conversation, or get that kind of uh, terrible score. Cats? Are you thinking cats? No, no. I, I mean, I, I forget it. Oh, forget it. I just Annette. Are you thinking? Yeah, Annette? maybe. Yeah, it was like a one word. I don't know why I thought candy, but it was like a one word title. I, I definitely hated Annette. Fuck that movie to death. Shuddy, uh, how many well, Matrix dicks are you sucking? Well, I' not gonna let you guys sway me. I was at a three. Fair enough. Uh, prior to listening to your complaints, like it was just it was just a nice chilling at home movie. Like I would have, yeah, I probably would have a much stronger opinion of uh, about it had I paid money for it. But sitting on the couch, sm- you know, smoking joints, like Christmas night, relax, you know, winding down. It was exact. It was perfect for that. <laughs> like, but so all right. What else? What else did you guys watch? Um, a lot of stuff. I have to. I, did either one of you see "Don't Look Up"? Yes. No. All right, Kevin. Let's, Sh- let's let's tackle this one then. Sharon and Michaela watched that while me and the boys watched Matrix. Okay. Oh, a house divided. Because well, neither one of them had any interest in seeing the Matrix, and Michaela. She loves Timothy Shamalamalamalamal. <laughs> All right, well, that motherfucker was barely in it. Obviously, very interested in what Kevin's got to say about this. I, I was pleasantly surprised. Actually, I actually really liked it. Thought it was really good. Um, it wasn't too like finger waggy or too preachy. I actually, you know, I I really wouldn't have known it was a satire for like climate change if it wasn't said ahead of time i mean it wasn't that hard to pick up on like through like in between certain scenes they would show images like pretty images of nature so i i guess i could kind of pick it up a little bit but like i thought it was like a really good i don't know i just thought it was an enjoyable movie it was well acted well written um jennifer lawrence kills it uh leonardo DiCaprio kills it the shit the bit with the general that sells them the snacks at the White House was fucking awesome. And how she kept trying to like figure that out throughout the entire movie was awesome. I just, it felt good and it felt like honest and, and, and meaningful uh, commentary on like today's media and how we handle situations. Obviously it was like extra, uh, um, um, exaggerated greatly but it, i i thought it was really good i thought i don't know i really enjoyed it I, I, kevin pick it up from here a little bit but how did you feel about the movie yeah i enjoyed it i i i like jonah hill's character as the mm-hmm. what well, was he the secretary of state and also 
President Meryl Streep's son. I forget yeah, what, it, yeah. what his title was. I know he was her son, but he also had like a really high title. And just how much of a fucking moron he was was very entertaining. It was everyone was properly placed in their role. And yeah. they did, everyone did a good job. Like it was, I thought it was good. It wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. And I give them props on the ending that kind of goes a little bit post credit. Cause I thought that yeah. was fucking great. Um, yeah. That I, I feel like people haven't really been saying much about it, but I like Mark Rylance in it. He was, he was kind of like the, it, the tech, the tech company head. Okay. I don't know who that is. I know, I know who it is now that you're saying it, but I don't know what other movie he's been in. I know nothing about that guy. He got, he got an Oscar a couple of years ago for that, that Tom Hanks movie. Um, Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies, yeah. I'm pretty sure he got an Oscar for that. And he was in um he was in Ready Player One. But I don't know. I like Two I like movies that I didn't even see. He's he's a solid actor. He can do a lot of different shit. And this character was really funny and the way he played it just as like this soft spoken but just utterly moronic and greedy fuckhead. Uh I thought it was I thought it was good. I I wasn't completely blown away by it, and I know some people are bummed out because people are offended that it makes science deniers look stupid, and I clearly don't give a fuck about that. Um, I thought that that aspect of it was funny. It but, makes science deniers look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was worth the watch. I I enjoyed it. Uh, I I I sp- split the middle and give it like um like. Three three point five dicks. It was worth a watch. I know it's been it's supposedly been breaking tons of streaming records on Netflix. Yeah, I, I give it a four. I was really impressed by it, to be honest. I didn't think like I, I really I like I was nervous about the length going in it. I think it's two hours and thirty minutes. It didn't feel that long at all. Like I just thought it I thought it was really good, actually. You know, I don't have a lot of bad to say about it, unfortunately. So I should probably give it a higher score. But I'll I even liked uh, Ariana Grande in it. You you liked her? Yeah, yeah, she was good. Like everyone, everyone belonged in that movie, and they used a lot of different people, a lot of different actors, a lot of different characters, and like it all worked. Even the Timothy Chalamet character was like, you know what? I I, I get it. Yeah. Right, because at that point in the movie, like Jennifer Lawrence is thrown in the towel. So, yeah, well, fuck this. Like, yeah. all right, <laughs> I'm just gonna be reckless, get some random dick. Oh, Timothy Chalamet and his buddies are like drinking forties behind a Seven Eleven. All right, I'm gonna go fuck this dude. Yeah, I'm an astrophysicist, but whatever. That's been meaningless <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah, it looks like I just pulled up an article. It broke the record for Netflix when it got the single most hours viewed in a week with um, 152 million hours streamed uh, just in one week. Not What's bad. this fool's name again? The director? A- Adam, Adam, Adam McKay. McKay? Yeah. I almost combined him and... who Who's the Todd guy? Todd McKay? No, not Todd McKay. Oh, you're thinking of um, the guy from Road Trip and Joker, right? Todd, yeah. Todd Phillips. <laughs> yeah, I like blend those guys for some reason, but... Um, I like a few of Adam McKay's movies. Uh, yeah, I know he you did didn't Step like Brothers, right? He did. He did Step Brothers, the other guys, both Anchorman movies, Talladega Nights, The Big Short, Moneyball. Big Short. I don't think he did Moneyball. 
I think he did money. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll withhold that then. Um, I love Big you Short. Did, you didn't like Vice. The hated Vice. Yeah. Lo- love Big Short. Fucking love Big Short. So I'm I'm an Adam McKay fan, and I went into this not with the greatest of expectations. I thought it was going to be a stupid, lame, like satire and like vice president or vice, whatever it was sucked so bad that it kind of like ruined Adam McKay a little bit for me, but he, he picked it back up and I thought that, I, I really thought this was good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So I'll give it a four. All right. What, uh, what did, what did you get up to next shoddy? Um, we watched um, on new year's Eve. I, I talked about this a little bit in the Patreon last week. Uh, the last movie we watched in 2022 was The Running Man. Yes. No, last movie we watched in 2021 was The Running Man. And then we followed that up immediately, rolling into New Year's Day after midnight uh, into The Naked Lunch. Yeah, very very odd pairing. I don't I don't know what you Yeah, it was it was definitely the strangest double feature we could have done. <laughs> uh it was it had something for everybody, but Running Man still a fun fucking movie, completely ridiculous and and nuts, but so much fun. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like one of the best Arnold double features you could do, obviously without you know, Mount Rushmore movies like Terminator and Terminator 2 would be to pair The Running Man with Total Recall. Because Total Recall was one of my last movies of the year. And I've probably seen Total Recall maybe four or five times. But it consistently gets better every time I watch it. And this time I watched it, I was just like, every frame of this movie kicks ass. Like, what a fucking treat this is. That's a good question. That's a good topic to discuss. Arnold Schwarzenegger, double feature. So do you consider Predator in like the untouchable category where it's almost unfair to put it in here? Because I would, no. I would yes. go. Pre- really? Because I, th- I consider Predator to be fair game. Uh, really? I, I mean, mean, I, I love Predator. Predator. I think I think Predator is a five dicker, but I might I might edge out Running Man and Total Recall. I just does anyone have Predator as less than four and a half dicks? No, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not, too. So. I don't know. If you're giving me Predator, I'll go Predator and Eraser as my Arnold Schwarzenegger. Eraser. Come I on. I love Eraser. I fucking love Arnold, but Eraser? When was the last time you watched Eraser? Couldn't have been longer than a year ago. God. I watch it pretty like regularly, actually. Like James Conn kicks ass. James Conn's an underrated bad guy. Eraser is bad. That is a bad movie. No way, dude. When's the last time you've seen it? A couple years ago. All right, I don't want to get into a fight with you about this. I'll go Predator and True Lies. We we, we agree on True Lies. Yes. Yep. All right. All right. I mean, I think Eraser kicks ass. Maybe you should rewatch that movie, but whatever. So as far or as maybe- like campy, campy Arnold, because Running Man is campy as fuck. Total Recall is campy as fuck. But they are just, they they just perfectly nailed the formula of camp on both those movies. I mean, Kindergarten Cop kicks ass. I remember watching that in the theaters with my father. My father took me out of school <laughs> to go watch that movie. Oh, shit. What's the other one that he did with... Uh... Oh, man, I thought it was like the bad guy. Like, uh... 
Tywin Lannister from from Game oh, of Thrones. That's um Last Action Hero. That's what it was. I, for some reason, I was thinking that was a Bruce Willis movie, but that's Last Boy Scout, Last yeah. Action Hero. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Last Action Hero one. is 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 good, but holy shit, the kid in that movie erases at minimum a full dick. That that is a movie a movie that I have uh, grown to appreciate more as an adult. I remember seeing it in the theater and not liking it, but I was so bummed out because I was going to see an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in the theater and that's what we got. But, uh, I've seen it once or twice as an adult and don't hate it as much as I did. Yeah. I, I was too young. Like the, the whole point of the movie was kind of just like a satirical action movie. And I, I didn't get that when I was younger. But so as an adult, it made more sense and I liked it. But I still, oh God, that kid sucks. They couldn't have found a fucking worse kid for that movie. That little bastard. Last action hero. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Did he do anything afterwards? I'm looking him up now. I think he did the My Girl sequel after Macaulay Culkin died at the end of the first one. My Girl's a pretty good movie. Last action hero, though, uh, rated higher on all rated all things uh than eraser what's that that you use <laughs> wait what so imdb rotten tomatoes <laughs> metacritic the scores are all higher for last action Hero oh okay all right eraser. i see uh, let me check letterbox d i thought you were referencing another site called all things ratings i was like wait no what? no i yeah eraser has a 2.8 on letterbox d out of five yeah scumbag letterbox d users i mean i like the director he directed the mask the the blob from 88 um nightmare on elm street 3 but eraser was 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 kind of a turd and what was it up against uneducated white trash last action hero last action hero has a 3.3 on letterbox d a whole half dick more so, Shuddy, that wasn't your first time seeing Running Man, was it? No. Oh. No, no. I was going to say. It was Jake's first time seeing Running Man. How much did he love it? <laughs> I don't know that I would say he loved it. He enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, but it is campy. I think it's, and I think it it's time silly. for some domestic violence, Shuddy. No. We haven't done domestic violence in a while. I'll just give it a shot again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old for that. <laughs> Past the prime of your domestic violence days. Did you I guys you. did you guys watch any anything any other new ones? Any other new releases? Yeah, dude. Oh, oh. shit. Jeff, you're fucking locked and loaded, huh? I also went to the theater <laughs> on New Year's Day. So the, the first, we New Year's Day I technically watched two movies. I apologize, Jeff. No, it's cool. I have three documentaries to get into. Let's do your movies first, though. Oh, my God. Uh, I saw No Way Home. Oh, yeah. So did I. What is that? I went and saw that. Spider-Man. I saw no that Way Home. in the oh. theaters in theaters um, in Florida with the whole family. So I went with like my sister, her husband, my mom, my stepdad, and my grandma. My grandma was the easiest person to sell on it because I told her that Doctor Strange was in it, and she fucking loves Doctor Strange. 
and Benedict Cumberbatch. So she was she was in. I mean, this. I, maybe I'm a little fucked up here, but like besides Matrix Resurrections or Revolution, whatever the fuck it's called, this is a huge MSPH review moment, right? We haven't. You guys haven't done this yet. No, we haven't. We probably no. should have led with this one. I, I didn't see it, <laughs> but. Um, and it's also been out for so long now. So I, I tested positive for COVID right before, like I had bought tickets in advance to go see it. So I had to, I had to return them because I tested positive a couple of days before, but, uh, I managed to dodge certain spoilers. There was some aspect of this movie that I knew about like eight months before it came out. Um, and just, you know, I kept my mouth shut on it, but there was still some surprises in there, and I'm I'm very happy that I I managed to dodge those even after going like two weeks after the movie came out. But I'm seeing like major spoilers. All entertainment sites are tweeting headlines with you know the the biggest spoilers from the movie. So I feel like if that's going on, we're safe to to <clears throat> review it freely, Shuddy. Yeah, uh, I was not as lucky to dodge all of the spoilers as you were. Mm. So there were not very many surprise moments in it for me that wowed me. So I think the hype of this movie affected how I felt about it. Oh, no. Afterwards. Oh, no. Are you giving Spider-Man No Way Home low dicks? I hope you score a worse than Matrix. God, that would be so it good. Won't, it, no, no, no. I enjoyed it much more than Matrix, but... I didn't walk out of there thinking it was the best Spider-Man movie uh, like everybody was saying it was. Yeah, consensus, speaking like towards a consensus, isn't like the consensus opinion of the Spider-Man movie is it's at least the best since the first Tobey Maguire, if not just the best ever? Yeah, it's getting really good reviews, critics and fans. Um, I loved it. Is Tobey Maguire just... He just retired? He, he, he stopped? Well, no. That's one of the <laughs> bigger spoilers from the movie. Tobey Maguire's in it. Sure. Okay. But <laughs> all three, all three done... Spider-Men are in it. Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland are all Spider-Man in it. You know what? I actually knew that. That was spoiled for me somehow, somewhere along the lines. I just didn't think that was like that was that big of a spoiler for some reason. They but kept it under wraps pretty well. I know Jamie okay. Foxx, because they brought back all, Sick all, tits, all Jamie villains. Fox. Yeah. yeah he, or no, you're talking about the black guy. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair. So he he tweeted out very early on, like they were trying to keep, I think, a lot of the, the villains secret. The only ones they blew in the trailer really were um, Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus and Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin coming back. Um, and Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman was was kept under wraps pretty well. And the three, the three Spider-Men aspect of it. But I heard when Jamie Foxx first got cast, he tweeted out three Spider-Man logos or something like that. And people instantly decoded it like, oh my God, they're bringing in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Of course, people instantly decoded it. Yeah. Like, fucking idiot. All right. Detectives. Yep. Sleuths. They'll get you. The internet yeah. is undefeated. But 
even even knowing all that stuff, I I I really enjoyed it. I fucking like Doctor Strange is my favorite character in the MCU right now. Uh, Doctor Strange, the standalone movie, Five Dicker. Um, I I told this story before. We we one year it was rainy. And my grandma was like, put on one of those Marvel movies, and I'm like, oh god, what would she like? So I just took a stab in the dark. I was like, you know what? Uh, for some reason, I'm going with a dark horse here. I put on Doctor Strange. She fucking loved it. When it ended, she was like, is there a second one? I'm like, well, not yet, but he's in this Avengers movie. She's like, okay, put that on right now. <laughs> we watched Infinity War. She fucking loved it. She stood up out of off the couch, put her arms up in the air, and cheered at certain points. And then, you know, Infinity War, spoiler alert, Thanos wins at the end, and, and like, snaps his fingers, the world gets decimated, a whole bunch of Avengers just evaporate and disappear. She stood up, grabbed her head, and screamed no, and was like, how can that end like this? I'm like, well, there's a sequel to this, and Doctor Strange is in that one too, and she's like, okay, put it on. So we watched all of them in one sitting. Uh, I'm right there with her. Fucking Doctor Strange's moments in the Marvel Universe is the sickest shit. That is pure comic book joy as far as I'm concerned. And the shit they did in this fucking kicked ass. All of Doctor Strange's parts were awesome, awesome, awesome. And it was kind of cool that, uh, you know, when they did Captain America Civil War, it was a big deal to Marvel to get Spider-Man on lease from Sony so they could put it in the movie. But it didn't It didn't really... It wasn't all that important if you, if you are familiar with the... The Captain America, well, not Captain America, but like the Civil War arc from the Marvel comics that Mark Miller wrote, because a big part of it is Spider-Man calling a press conference, taking his mask off and saying, I'm Peter Parker, like I'm revealing my secret identity to the world. And that's like a huge, huge plot point of the Civil War comics. And then to undo that, because everything in the comics has to be reset back to the status quo, he goes to Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange casts a spell that makes the entire world forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. So they did borrow that whole aspect from the comics for for this movie. And I thought it was sick. I thought it played out well. I thought the action was great. Had a lot of heavy, heartfelt moments. Every actor in it fucking killed it. There there was a little bit of corniness with the three Spider-Men teaming up. But all in all, I give it four and a half dicks. I thought it kicked ass. So, and this was kind of the reference or the, uh, I don't know, the reason behind my question about Tobey Maguire. He's done since Spider-Man 3 in 2007, nine movies. And one of them's Tropic Thunder, which he goes uncredited for because, you know, the Satan's Alley movie uh, movie trailer actually before the Tropic Thunder yeah. movie, I guess. Well, same movie, but. Yeah, I mean, this guy really hasn't done anything. It's like he just took his Spider-Man bunny and went home. Yeah, just like, well, I could work myself to death, but I have a mountain of money. I'm friends with Leonardo DiCaprio, and I like booty. So he probably just went and porked. Yeah, isn't he supposed to be a huge douchebag or no? Do I have that wrong? I don't know if he's supposed to be a douchebag, but he's in that like group with Leonardo DiCaprio that they called the Pussy Posse. I was just going to say, what, do you not want to say it? <laughs> pussy posse yeah he's he's in the pussy posse with it's him leo um that fucking magician david blaine yeah 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 probably just cleans up 
I don't know. I think he gets he gets whoever's left over after everybody else got their pick. No way, dude. The magicians kill it. It's like the easiest icebreaker. Yeah, but he's the creepiest magician there is. I think he's like a legendary coxman, but I mean, you probably just have to be if you're going to be in the pussy patrol or oh, pussy sure. posse. Who else is in the p- pussy patrol? Whatever. Uh, Leo, David Blaine, um, E from Entourage, right? Oh. Kevin Conley or Eric Conley or whatever. Yeah, I'm Eric Conley. Uh, hold on, I'm going. Who's the most out of I'm place going, there? I'm going to our. Every time we talk about this, the complex article is where I go to get it. It was Justin Long. I don't think it was Justin Long. I think Justin Long's in there, dude. No, you're thinking of. I can't. I'm the anti-pussy posse. That's right. Trying to find his name. Where the fuck? I mean, Eric Conley is literally just going along for the ride. You got fucking Titanic, Spider-Man, and the most famous magician in the world. Lucas and Haas. Fucking- yeah, Don. That he that that guy. He just like sucks the remnants off of everybody else's dick when they're done. That's all he gets. <laughs> he brings out the squeegee and cleans up all the fluids. Yeah, he's the Oliver Twist of the pussy posse. Please, sir, can I have some more? Let's be honest. I would be the Oliver Twist of the Pussy Posse if I could. <laughs> Let me smell your hand, Leah. So did you ever crack the code, Shuddy? Yeah, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, Toby Maguire, Eric Connolly, Lucas Haas, J.R. Ferguson, and uh, oh. director Harmony Kareen, David Blaine, and Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> Q-tip. Q-Tip! Nice. Yep. Q-Tip's in there? Yep. I mean, Ow! when he's... At the time that he the pussy posse is going, Q-Tip can make an argument to be the second or third most famous out of that group. Yeah. I mean, A Tribe Called Quest. I mean, when, when was the pussy posse going? It was before Spider-Man, right? No, I think it was during Spider-Man. Oh, was it? Okay. I thought it was before he even... Because once I think it was once early McGuire becomes Spider-Man, the conversation changes with him to- totally. So yeah. whatever. I mean, Q-Tip's a fucking G. I love Q-Tip. Legend. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, he definitely ranks higher than the fucking Entourage guy. Yeah, or Jay Ferguson. I don't know who the fuck that is. I've actually gone out to lunch with that guy. He's pretty cool. <laughs> wow! You smell his hand? No, I didn't know. Yeah. I honestly didn't know he was in the Pussy Posse until right now. I think. I also think he, he made the, the theme song for The Office. I also didn't know that so that's pussy. who this guy is from Mad Men, and he's in the Connors now. I got to look this guy up, Jay Ferguson. What, were, what was the reason for your guys' lunch date? Oh, it was there was like a, a bunch of people. I was the least cool person there, easily. This doesn't feel like this could... This is the same. All right, whatever. All right, cool. Yeah, Jay Ferguson, American rock pop musician. Now, 1947, not the same guy. Nope, no, no, no. All right, well, I'll click around. I'll find Jay Ferguson eventually. So, Shuddy, did you have any... He was in higher learning. Did you have any uh, final thoughts on No Way Home, Shuddy? I enjoyed it. I, I... But I didn't enjoy it as much as you. Three point seven five. What uh? What 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 knocks some dicks off? Some spider dicks. I just I think 
Tobey Maguire. I think I had such, I you know, like I, everybody saying how amazing it was sent me into the theater with expectations that were too high and got just thought it was okay. Yeah. Thought it was fun and wasn't mind blowing or anything because I didn't even uh, dodge the lawyer spoiler. Uh, oh yeah, that was complete. That that blew me away. That I was like, wait, what? Holy yeah. shit! Had I, that not been spoiled for me, that would have been a moment where I would have been like, oh my god. And that's pretty early in the movie too. I couldn't. Yeah. That that one legit got me like, oh shit. But the. One of my favorite parts of it, so the Marvel movies usually will have two Easter eggs after the credits. There's like, you know, the stylized credits where everybody goes up one at a time, and then they do a big post-credit scene, and then the main credits run, and then when that's all the way finished, there's a second one. The second one is just a trailer for the for Doctor Strange 2. The other Easter egg, so the Easter egg from Venom, Let There Be Carnage, he gets blinked into the MCU, like the main Marvel movie universe. And I didn't see that coming. That shocked me. I know there are Puminati that disagree with me. I think both Venom movies were fucking turds. Hot, wet turds. And... First one, not as... The first one was a little cooler of a turd than the, the second one. I mean, at least you did get Carnage, but it's still still The turds second one was movies. a giant steaming turd. I hated the second one. And getting him brought into like at first, I was like, cool. And then I'm like, oh no, I got to see more of this fucking guy. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm okay. The, okay. The Marvel movies do way better than the Sony Marvel movies. Maybe in these competent hands, they can make Tom Hardy's venom interesting and funny. And I was like, all right. So I was expecting to see him show up throughout the whole movie. And I'm like, wait, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And then he's in the post credit scene at, at a bar with some horribly unfunny dialogue, and he gets blinked right the fuck back out. I was so excited about that. I'm like, yes, you do not deserve to be in this movie universe. Bink, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was, a, that was a big moment for me. Like, oh, sigh of relief. No, none of this fucking future bullshit in the MCU. All right, Jeff. Well, how, how many how many dicks did you suck again? I, 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 I was, missed that. I was four and a half. Oh, oh shit! All right. So yeah, I got three. I got three documentaries that I watched. Uh, the first one we'll talk about, or I'll review real quick. The crime scene documentary, crime scene, Times Square Killer. It's about the torso killer from think the uh, yeah he started in like the late seventies. And got caught, I think, in the in the the late '80s. I think his name is Richard Nottingham. It was a three part documentary. It's pretty much a guy who worked in Times Square uh, during like the heart of like the the seediness of Times Square when there was a bunch of like peep shows, bunch yeah. of like live sex shows, jack off, just boots. like jack off rooms, just like the fucking sketchy. <laughs> Times Square used to be like quite literally the sketchiest place in the world <laughs> like like quite literally and this this place or this this documentary does a really good job of telling the story and the history of Times Square and it's and it's like epic sketchiness and like this guy used to just like he used to work in Times Square and then like pick up hookers and murder them and he did this on and off 
every other week for like 13 years. And they, they, I think they, they got him for like eight murders. He says that he killed up to 80 girls. He had a wife and kids at the time. And he would just like, seriously, just like, so like he had this setup at work and he worked in Times Square a couple blocks over where he could fudge the sign in, sign out stuff. So where he, he could like just make it look like he worked 10 hours, but like he wasn't there the whole time. So like he would go to work, clock in, clock out, same move, and then just go kill to hookers? peep shows and, and go, yeah, go kill hookers. Yeah. It's fucking creepy. And like the whole, like the whole situation, obviously with like Times Square prostitutes getting killed, fucking super scary. And it, like, that's kind of what, I always thought was happening in Times Square, like, you know, like not maybe not uh, as much of an extent as like the documentary portrayed it. But like, yeah, I mean, there was just like fucking wall to wall prostitutes during in Times Square during the 70s, just unlisted Jane Doe's. And these girls would just go missing and would probably get murdered. And like it was you know, it was a crazy story. They ended up catching the guy, obviously. And three-part documentary i thought it was really good it's in my wheelhouse it's shit that i'm into what's that I'd streaming on? a what's up sorry what, what what's the streaming on netflix. netflix oh okay yeah i'd give it a four two five i thought it was really good i thought it was really good there wasn't a much mystery there they pretty much tell you like who the killer was in the first episode and like they kind of like you know like get you to how they figured it out or how they um how they catch him eventually. But so it wasn't a lot of mystery to it, but it was very informative. And, you know, obviously like I'm, I'm big about like New York city, New York city history. And it's very fascinating to me, the whole seediness of times square. And when you, if you go there, I don't know, I actually haven't been there in like fucking 10 years now, but like last time I was there, there was still like some peep shows or some like they're, they're, they're not all completely gone. Like the, uh, I don't know, the, like the triple X or the, the, the X rated stuff going down in Times Square. I mean, it's mostly gone, right? But I, last still... time I was there, I didn't see anything. Okay. All right. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. Mm. Maybe I'm just referencing college where I saw a couple of them. Um, but that was shit. I remember I went into New York years City as a kid with my dad to meet up with my uncle because he was working in the city for the 4th of July fireworks and absolutely remember not understanding why we couldn't go to a 50 cent movie. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for sure. They used to do, listen, why can't we just in the middle of the day, go to a movie there? It's only 50 cents. Think of the discount. (laughs) Well, like just the seediness and the raunchiness of that area is fucking absurd. They used to have live sex shows. They would just, there was a stage and a bed and two people would fuck and people would just watch. They would just like sit there in a circle. They're all like looking at each other, watching this man and woman like have sex. Like, it's like, what, what? That's crazy. It's better That's than the crazy. matrix resurrections. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. I would much prefer to watch that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was really good. Uh, the other documentary that I think is also on Netflix that you should definitely watch Shuddy and, and you too, Kevin. I think you would definitely like it as well, but it's called crime scene 
or no, not crime scene, untold uh, crimes and penalties. And it's a, I think it's a series of documentary films. And this one specifically um, talks about the story of a mafia kingpin, an associate that ran waste management in Connecticut. He buys a hockey team for his kid and like launders money through the hockey team, but like gives the hockey team to his child. That has been on my radar to watch for a while now, where it's basically, he just gives his 18 year old kid a hockey team and lets him do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Such an awesome story. Such an awesome documentary. This guy supposedly is a G the, the documentary itself doesn't get into too much of his crime past because they have him actually on the documentary. And I don't think he's like going to cop to these things. As a matter of fact, he says at one point, like, I'm not going to like talk about certain things. Like, I don't, you know, that's not what I'm here for. But like the guy's name was Jimmy Galante. He was in charge of waste management in Connecticut and he was a, a mafia associate and he's got a signed Sopranos poster from James Gandolfini. And it says to the real Tony Soprano. So supposedly like Tony Soprano was based on this guy. Yeah. And like AJ, who's also Tony's kid in Tony uh, in the Sopranos, that's the name of his kid who he gives the hockey team to. So like his son became like as huge in the wrestling and huge in the hockey. And this guy did a fucking pinch when his kid was like 14, he did like five years and he gets out of jail and he finds out his kids like really into hockey. So he buys him a fucking, he fucking buys him a hockey team Jesus. Uh, for the EHL. I think it's called the Eastern hockey league, which is, it's a professional hockey league, but it's all like, you know, cheaper. Like it's, it's not the NHL. It's not the top league. So like, yeah, you know, like you don't have to be, Pretty much to be a, be a professional sports owner, you need to be a billionaire. You don't need to have that much money to get into this league, but this guy had enough. Um, and they ended up taking the team away from him and his kid after two years because he got pinched again. And he was like laundering money through the team. And the like, there were so many fascinating stories, especially like how the team conducted themselves. It was a very violent team. They would go out and fight, but they were actually really good too. But like the teammates or the hockey team and the coach and even the commissioner of the league fucking love this guy. Like love this mafia dude. Like they fucking swore by him. And like supposedly like this is what they loved most about him. He would launder money through the team and he would pay all the players more than the league allowed them to get paid. So like the players would like talk about it. Like, yeah, like one day we would just get a check from some random New Jersey waste management company (laughs) it's just like like we just got more like we he just like paid us more money like like it was it was pretty sick and then they had like scenes where the old the players like were surprised were surprised by this guy showing up to like the interview and like they hugged and like the fucking one guy this like beat up hockey dude old goon like started crying when he saw him he's like holy shit i didn't think i'd ever see you again because like how their relationship pretty much ended and where it picked up was like this guy, Jimmy Galante, who bought the team for his kid did seven years. Like he, he got another pinch. He didn't roll on anyone. He's like, fuck it. I'll plead guilty. I'll take the seven years. He took the seven years on the chin 
he just got out and like came back and like everyone, I, I mean, he's, he's a mafia guy that's still alive. So like, he's pretty beloved, right? If you do three or four pinches and you don't roll, like you're, you're the fucking man essentially. Yeah. Right. So like everyone likes him, all the hockey people like him, and like the kid ended up growing up to be a pretty well-adjusted adult, you know, granted the, the crazy circumstances of his upbringing, but it was fascinating. It was, it was a sick documentary. Kevin, I think you would like his shuddy. I know you would like it. It was fucking sweet. Very short watch. I want to say like 90 to a hundred minutes. I'll, I talked myself into liking it more through this review. I'll give it a four, two, five, but man, it was fucking sick. Um, and the last documentary that I watched uh, was the Beatles get back sessions. Me and Cheech banged it out over two days. And I mean, I could spend the entire doc, uh, the entire podcast talking about this with you guys, but yeah, I, got, I know you guys wouldn't be that interested and probably the Puminati wouldn't be that interested, but it, it, it was one of the better things I've ever seen. Like for sure. Like, Are it, you a big Beatles fan? Not really. Like I appreciate them. And like, like my early like music teachers, and like elementary school, like used to like beat the Beatles into us and talk about how fucking awesome they were. And like we played Beatles songs on recorders. And like I, I grew up understanding the Beatles, understanding like their legacy, their culture, the the influence they had and the success that they had. And I got more into them like when I was in college, but then I I stopped listening to them. And I, I wouldn't consider myself a big Beatles fan, but I mean this. This documentary was just fucking awesome. It really, I'm not a Peter Jackson guy at all. Like not at all. I've watched, I watched the first 15 minutes of Lord of the Rings in college. I was like, oh, this is gay. And just never watched it ever again. <laughs> never saw any of the Hobbits. Never saw any of um, um, the uh, the Lord of the Rings stuff. What the but fuck's like, a Bilbo a f- Baggins? He did just a fucking extraordinary job with this. And like some of the stuff that they got was just, it was like mind blowing. So it was, it was, um, they pretty much ran, uh, or they pretty much did a documentary of the Beatles get back session, which is the, um, their, um, them coming up with their final 12th studio album, let it be. Uh, it was originally supposed to be called get back. The first part of the documentary is shot in Twickenham studios before they moved it to, Apple Studios. Do you see um, it's a three um, uh, part. John Lennon's dick? What's up? Do you see John Lennon's dick? No. Um, it's a three-part documentary. Each are roughly two and a half hours. Um, but just so much like fascinating stuff. And it's just like, there's no narration, right? It's just all just like footage of the Beatles in studio. Oh, and Ringo, it's all- would you like to see Yoko's Grundle? <laughs> It's like, it's like holy grail footage. Like it was mind blowing the shit that I that 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 they have that they're watching. So like my to me the 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 my favorite part of the whole shit was the end of the first the first part, uh, the first the part one of the documentary, and it's George Harrison quits the band. George Harrison's done with the Beatles. He fucking goes home, right? And they're all sitting there, not they're all, but it's Paul McCartney, his chick, Ringo, his chick, and then a bunch of people that are behind the scenes with the Beatles. And they're talking about George Harrison quitting the band. 
and like going home. And Paul McCartney straight up says, he says, you know, what's going to be funny is in 50 years, they're going to blame Yoko Ono for the breakup of the Beatles. And like me and teacher watching this and like our, our jaws drop. It's like, holy shit. Like Paul McCartney just exonerated Yoko Ono from any wrongdoing of the breakup of the Beatles. Like he just, he just exonerated. Like there's like, she can never be blamed again for the breakup of the Beatles. Like he got him on camera fucking saying it. Like it was, it was mind blowing. I just, I thought it was fucking awesome. I really did. Like the, it did a good job just naturally showing the dynamics of the Beatles and like Paul McCartney and John Lennon, they're in the studio and they're doing it right. It's hey, happening. What about but, if this part I go D D D D D do do <laughs> pretty much dude, they're doing the Lennon and McCartney thing. Like, oh, I like that. Lennon's got like a famous quote that it's like me and Lennon working together. Like I were like eyeball to eyeball, like our brains are in sync and you see it, right? you see it happening. You see them doing the thing. And at the end of the first part, like it just, I thought it was fascinating because George Harrison just like at the time in their careers, he's like, well, wait a second. Like I'm not part of the furniture. I have bangers. I got, here comes the sun. I got something I got while my guitar, my guitar gently weeps and you're playing me like I'm fucking Ringo. You put me in the corner of the studio. Like, I, I don't know. I thought it was fascinating. Um, I thought it was just awesome. Like Ringo, Ringo would have played drums for the Beatles for another 80 years. He would have never quit. And oh, yeah, like, what the fuck else is he going to do? It was beautiful. Like, it was wonderful. Like Ringo was exactly who you thought he was. Like he, he provided nothing <laughs> to the creative aspect of making the music. He was just there well, hitting could the I, drums. Could I do something now? Could I, could I, uh, how about here I hit a cymbal? And it, it's just, I don't know, the whole thing was fascinating. And it was like, there were like numerous moments where it felt like Robert Zemeckis and like Forrest Gump, where it's just like, they're playing footage of like Richard Nixon talking to Forrest Gump. It's like, is this CGI? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Like, they really got this on camera. It was fucking crazy. And like, like they're talking as jo- George Harrison bails and they're just like nonchalantly bring up, oh, we can get Eric Clapton. It's like, <laughs> fuck, dude. Like, like that's what it was like for them. And it was just. Does anybody have it, Jimi Hendrix's phone number? <laughs> yeah, like, and I'm Googling it at the time. Like, like they're in the studio to make Let It Be, right? They've made 11 fucking albums. They're going for their 12th album. No one knew it was going to be their final album. And I'm like thinking, like, how hype are people that the Beatles are working on another album, right? Like, how fucking excited. So I'm Googling this. And apparently, like, Let It Be came out to, like, mixed reviews. Like, people weren't really fucking with it. And it's just, like, kind of crazy to think about it like that. Whereas it's, like, when this album dropped at the time, people were like, eh, what a, eh whatever. Yeah. And, like, they're talking about, like, well, because they, they, they finished laying out everything for Get Back, the song Get Back. I'm like, well, should we make this our next single? Like, well, what's the last single that we did? And it's like, well, it's been five months. You know, we did Hey Jude. And they just nonchalantly bring it up. And it's just like, Hey Jude is a fucking super banger. Like, could you imagine having to follow that up and just being like, well, yeah, this is what we do. You know, five months. We got to put out a single. It's just like, I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, Yoko Ono was attached to the hip to fucking John Lennon. She didn't, she, anytime you saw John Lennon three feet next to him was Yoko Ono but like 
that was just the nature of the relationship. Like I have a homie like that. My buddy, Frankie, you might've met him before since he's been with Melissa. This has been like eight or nine years now. Anytime you see Frankie, you see Melissa and that's it. That's just how it, that's just it. Like they've never been apart. I've never seen them apart since they started dating. And it was just, I got the very similar vibes from Yoko and, and John Lennon. And it, the, the whole shit with Paul McCartney just being like, yeah, it'd be funny if they blame Yoko Ono was fucking hilarious. Um, How many Beatles dicks are you going to suck? Oh, five for sure. This five is honestly, dicker. yeah, it was really one of the better things I've ever seen. It's, it's in the Mount Rushmore for documentaries for me. I only have three off the top of my head that I'd go with. The, my King favorite, if it, if it wasn't the Beatles, my favorite documentary would be OJ Made in America. That was fucking awesome. And I really like, I think you've seen, I hope you've seen this, Shuddy, the, uh, the Miracle on Ice HBO documentary. No, I have not, but. <sighs> fucking awesome. You know, obviously, you know, the Miracle on Ice, mm-hmm. the 1980 U.S. Uh, Olympic gold medal hockey team. HBO did a documentary, I think the 40th anniversary or 25th years Jeez, ago. You fucking get charged up with documentaries. My God. Oh man, dude. But the Beatles one was sick. And uh no, the last the last note that I have or thought that I have about it is I remember so we were playing Fortnite once and my ex was like yelling at me or like saying something to me like about getting off the fucking video game. And Ginger was straight up like, yo, here we go with Yoko Ono. And <laughs> and seriously, later that night in bed, I was laughing about that. <laughs> like, like, and I just knew that, like, like, all right, my relationship's coming to an end. My bros just called my bitch Yoko. Like, that's it. That's it. That's the end of it. Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just I don't know. And I I just think it's so fucking crazy and funny. That like she, she had nothing to do with the breakup of the Beatles. <laughs> Paul McCartney just completely exonerated her. I don't know. Me and Cheech banged it out in two four-hour sessions. Honestly, one of the greatest things I've ever watched. I think it's an important piece of human history. And now I'm getting douchey and fucking annoying about it. But I, I would recommend everyone see it. It's fucking sick. Like it, it really is. It's it's amazing. The footage is amazing. Like their final. It was supposed to be a documentary with an album release or a movie or a TV show. And they ended up just doing a live concert on the roof of the fucking of the studio of the Apple studios, which actually turns out to be pretty rock and roll. The cops break it up and the footage of it is just fucking sick, dude. Peter Jackson killed it. And this this documentary was amazing. I don't know. That's it. Five dicks. Peter Jackson does a very good job with documentaries. What else has he done? There, the he Hobbit, did, that was real. <laughs> he did one. Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it was about World War One. And it oh. was old footage from World War One that they colorized. And they also had linguistics people read the lips of the silent video, you know, the silent movies uh, from in the trenches and then had people saying the lines with the movie. So you were hearing what the, the old timey soldiers were saying in the trenches while it was happening. 
Do you know what that's streaming on? Because I will watch it. Um, hold on. Because World War One is in a lot of ways more fascinating than World War Two because it was like the invention and the application of new technology that no one had ever seen before, like machine guns, like uh, airplanes, like fucking chemical warfare, like was all just like introduced into world war one and like no one really had any like handicap or scouting report on this shit whereas like world war ii like these things were a little more figured out so like i don't know imagine like being i don't know like i guess you can't really imagine but like yeah it was like the first time people saw airplanes and like they're getting bombed by them (laughs) it's like what the fuck uh it's available to rent on apple tv it's not I'll check it out, dude. It's called They Shall Not Grow Old. It's really fucking good. I mean, he he absolutely killed up the Beatles stuff. I that footage, I, I couldn't believe what they got. Like, it was unfucking believe. We were watching the Beatles do it. Like it happens. It was sick, dude. All right. Well, um, I believe we've reached the end of our journey, friends. Um mm. I did have uh, a story, but I guess we can just tease that for next week's episode. I went to a sound bath. I have so, no idea what the cliffhanger. I don't know what you're saying. I'll so Google it later. Evidently, a sound bath is when you lay down and people play like a whole bunch of gongs, singing bowls, and instruments at the same time, and you get a sound bath. So, yeah, next week, we'll dive into that. Can't wait. Uh, but in the meantime, if you need more MSPH in your life, I strongly recommend go to patreon.com slash Hour. Tons and tons of great content. $5 tier has us doing um, an extra mini podcast every week. $10 tier is jam-packed with us doing our own solo content plus combined efforts on stuff like... Uh, the aforementioned supermarket queefs and queef or no queef, the watch along shows. You can watch Jeff burn his mouth. Ow! 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 <laughs> Which I can't recommend enough. You have to see how that plays out. The audio doesn't do it justice. Um, Best I circle back and get another bite of something else, like as if it weren't going to be just as hot. Ow! Ow! I mean, the way it, the way it happened is I couldn't like hit pause and wait for everything to cool down. I certainly couldn't make conversation for like five minutes. I no, mean, I guess I could melt, but, melt like, the roof of your mouth. I tried to, I tried to play it through. So yeah, I, uh, very proud of the stuff we're doing on there. Start the new year off right and, and treat yourself to some some fantastic content. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram. I'm at Kevin Craft at Shuddy Boy at Jeffro Records. At MSPH Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, well, I'll, I'm going to try and go through the voicemails and bring that back next week. I am sure I haven't even looked, but I am sure we are way, way, way backed up. So uh, I will not give out the phone number. We we don't need your input there just yet. But hey, if you want to shoot some emails, MadScientistPartyHour at gmail.com. Um, you can also see full videos on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash MadScientistPartyHour, and please. Help your homies out. Subscribe, like, share, and review on any platform that lets you do it. Because uh, that's how 
us no-name motherfuckers can keep keep on banging it out 11 years in. So, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on Patreon. But until next time, something! Bing-boing, boy-biddy-poo. Oh, boy. Let's see here. Is everything connected? Oh, perhaps so. Oh, no. I'm fucking... I'm blue again. I'm fucking blue. Oh, well. Before 6.30. It was fucking ridiculous. I felt like I got hit by a train today, though. What happened? Oh, just a hangover. Oh. Yeah, how were those to deal with at 40? Luckily, I didn't go too hard, and I drank a lot of water when I got home, but I felt rough. My kidneys hurt this morning. Oh, my God. Your organs, huh? Like, you know when like you're lo- when you're dehydrated and your lower back hurts? That's what all that's like i was just i was uncomfortable i was dehydrated when i woke up this morning that was i'll be right back gotta go drink my own piss what a weirdo shut he's a weirdo huh oh yeah (laughs) little freak doing a snack attack video right now i'm a freak bitch you are? Yeah. How come you're not eating anything? Well, I already, I already recorded the, the review part. I'm just editing <laughs> it. <laughs> Man, I got to say, I was a big fan of that um, uh, buffalo chicken cheese wontons really? or whatever you ate. <laughs> yeah. Those kind of sucked. Trader Joe's kills it with their apps, but that one was whack. I tell you what, have you ever been to um, Cheesecake Factory and gotten like the Buffalo bombs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boner inducing. Cheesecake Factory is borderline. I think it's actually officially underrated. I think it's an underrated establishment. I'm 100% with you. I feel like people shit on it. I think people treat that like they treat Olive Garden, and that's bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. Well said. Really, one of my one of the better takes you've had of recent memory. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, Cheesecake Factory is a delight. I'll fight Me anybody who you. says otherwise. One of our last bro downs. Granted, it was fucking years ago at this point. Was we we went to Cheesecake Factory after the after the movie theaters? I forgot what movie. I think it was. I can't remember which movie, but. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? The Cheesecake Factory, right next to the Sherman Oaks movie theater, I think. Oh, oh yeah, the the Sherman Oaks now defunct ArcLight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Did you yeah. know that? I mean, it was years ago, but it was like one of like seriously the last three or four times we hung out. That place used to be uh, an indoor mall, and they mm-hmm. shot like a whole bunch of movies there. Yeah, what was the movie? We, you pointed it out to me the last time I was there. 
Uh, was it Terminator 2? It might have been. I actually tried to go to the filming locations, some of them for Terminator 2 when I first moved out here. And the mall... I think that's where you told me why that came up in conversation. Sorry. I know <laughs> that... I'm pretty sure the mall from Commando is what the Sherman Oaks outdoor mall is now, what it used to be when it was indoor. But I think I think the Northridge quake destroyed it, and they couldn't afford to rebuild it, so they just turned it into an outdoor mall. But I don't know. I remember seeing somewhere that the, the mall where John Connor and um, Budnick are playing in the arcade, and then the T-1000 comes up, shows up looking for them, I saw somewhere that that's a mall in Santa Monica, and that's also now an outdoor mall. Not the Third Street Promenade, something different? Well, I think they converted a lot of the indoor malls into just outdoor shopping centers for some I reason. I mean, really every California mall should probably be outdoors. Yeah. Outdoor malls are sick, in my opinion. I went to an indoor mall this weekend, and it was fucking popping. I couldn't believe it. I thought I time-traveled in 1998. Yeah. I went to an indoor mall uh, the day before I came down with COVID, so it must have been December 22nd, which is probably the worst day to go to a mall, but I was there for the same reason everyone else was, which is to finish up Christmas shopping and to spread COVID, of course. <laughs> Yeah, when I went to the Monmouth Mall in Jersey, that was absolutely fucking depressing. But yesterday when I went to... Oh, it was the... Uh, the uh, Oh, is it the Glendale Gallery? It's the one that I shit my pants when I was picking up my tux. Is that the Glendale Gallery? You should Gallery always remember that one. We get our pictures taken. Is that the same mall? No. Oh, you know what? I think it's now called the West... Westfield Fashion Center. So it is in Sherman Oaks, but it's not the Galleria. Yeah, Westfield Fashion Square. Lamest name for a, for a mall. But holy shit. Packed. Packed to the gills. Stores had lines. Yeah. People aren't that's tripping how, on this COVID stuff. That's how King of Prussia Mall is. And even Lehigh Valley Mall to a lower, lesser extent, but the mall closest to me, half of the upstairs is completely empty. Huh. Sick coffee cup. Thanks. See those pair of titties in this coffee cup, Kevin? Here, take another sip. I was looking at the, the Wikipedia page. Oh, yeah. Those are some hooters. Yeah, it looks like uh, Autumn from Master Chef. <laughs> I like to give this cup to my aunt when we have coffee at holiday dinners. Nice. She's a big, she's a big fan of titties. She is oblivious to it, so just sits there drinking her coffee while her my mother rolls her eyes at me and tells me I'm immature <laughs> because I sit there like giggling maniacally as my. 70-year-old aunt drinks coffee from the boob mug and doesn't even notice it has boobs on it. I think that's a great dad joke. It really is. (laughs) 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 
Pretty much. Let me uh let me bring the house di- house lights down a little bit. Bring those house lights down, buddy. Man, this podcast just spoils me, spoils us. It's so easy. Like we have reviews, we probably have voicemails and emails queued up. Uh, I mean, we've got like three weeks of that stuff because we didn't do any of them last week either. Well, we Probably haven't done them in a say while. It like this, but I've done zero prep for this podcast because I don't really need to. It just runs itself. Yeah, Thank I you mean, so much to the Puminati. I mean, it's only moderately the, less than normal. The uh, I haven't. So I f- I feel like uh, we might need another week to get back into voicemails because we haven't done them since. Before my dad died, and I have a feeling there's probably going to be a lot of people calling to say, like, condolences. And I feel like we don't need to spend, you know, 90 minutes just as much as I appreciate it. Um, I don't know. It would be a real a real bummer of an episode if we just did nothing so but bring death them, voicemails. We, got, we started the year off with the high of a D&D episode. Uh, and then we just now let's bring it to a grinding halt. Bring it back down to earth. I'd rather not do that. I'd rather ride the momentum and uh, try going and to make some try new memories like this. And catch the meat <coughs> anytime a dog starts to bark. <laughs> Are you ready to go? We're ready to do this shit. Uh, this is. This is the, one of the biggest nights of the year for me. You guys know which night this is, but because we've changed around our recording schedule, it doesn't affect MSPH. But what is uh, it? Uh, national... half, half drinks off at Chippendales? Close. <laughs> national championship <laughs> tonight. So my bookie has open bar um, free food at this local bar. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I knew it was. This something... is the drunkest I get all year. It was going to be some corny sports thing. Of course. My whole life. <laughs> right, big fucking sure. football week. Do I have the theme? Damn it, I wish these buttons were customizable. I can move things around. Ah, there we go. All right, let me start recording. Ah, I need permission from the host. Maybe That's I should nicely. roll a 20-sided die. A 14. Ah. Record permission granted. Recording in progress. All right. I think we are ready. From Los Angeles, California. This is the Mad Scientist Party Hour. (laughs) 